Stu Bryan with your WICH AM and FM. Good Monday morning to you. It's definitely drier, which is a wonderful thing. It's good to have uh, Mayor Pete Nystrom on. We're going to have him on at least once a month and uh, updating you on things that are happening in our community. And uh, good morning, Peter. Good morning, Stu. How are you? We're good. Merry Christmas to you. Merry to Christmas. To you and your family and Happy New Year. Appreciate that. And to your listeners. And to our world. <laughs> peace. Peace, peace, peace. So, you know, we, up, we like to update things with you, and uh, I guess we'll start things off. First of all, let the listeners, you folks know, you can always call your mayor when he's on the program or anytime. The uh, number is uh, 889-5252, 889-5252. So we'll get to some serious stuff before Pete and I sing Christmas carols. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Peter, uh, the lines are ringing already, but we'll just let, let's start off with the um, the most confusing thing that everybody talks about, and that's the the volunteer fire people, the fire people that get paid, and why is there so many problems with this? Well, I think it, it, it starts with an acknowledgement that we are blessed to have five volunteer fire departments. We're blessed to have a paid fire department. And that gives us what I consider to be the best of both worlds, a paid professional department in the inner city. When you look at the uh, high density of the homes, uh, the downtown area, as downtowns were constructed at a time back then, and our city has retained many of the older housing stocks and buildings, you need to have paid services in downtown. But at the same time, uh, the city at Norwich saves millions of dollars annually because we have five volunteer fire departments. So the goal has been to have a cooperative effort and work towards that goal all the time. It hasn't always worked out. Um, There's a tremendous amount of history with our volunteer fire departments. The Yannick Fire Department was founded in 1847 and they have never had an interruption of service servicing that area. Like the Taffel Fire Department, they're over 105 years old. Again, these were areas where mills were brought in, jobs were brought in, and the mills helped create these volunteer fire departments to service their needs and their community. Um, so, if you and I could go on about all the other volunteer departments as well, you know, like Occam and East Great Plains, 80 years of service. Uh, Laurel Hill is, is, I think, approaching 70, 75 years of service. Um, these are people who get out of bed in the middle of the night or leave their place of employment and answer the call. Uh, and we're blessed to have them. Um, what's happening right now is there are issues, um, and there's always going to be steps forward, steps back when you're trying new things. We have an automatic aid policy administered administratively, uh, but what I've watched develop is um, an effort. I don't want to use the word abuse, but when I see the paid fire departments camping out in town districts on a regular basis, not answering calls, just camping out there, um, I just wonder what kind of service we're getting in the center part of the city. are they leaving their own area uncovered? I I have to raise that issue. Um, so right now there's been an, an issue of people's concern 
of the old issue, which is the takeover of the volunteer district by the paid department and extending paid services citywide. Well, I can tell you that's going to come at a price of probably another $3 million in salaries and benefits to the taxpayers of the city of Norwich. And I'll tell you right now, we don't have that money. Um, So we have to retain our volunteer fire services. At the same time, we certainly want to encourage the inner city mutual aid at a higher level that would also save the taxpayers of the double tax district, the CCD, if you were to call in a volunteer department instead of calling a backup paid group of people to fight a fire if it's in the inner city. You could save money for the taxpayers who pay for the paid services. But there doesn't seem to be a desire to do that. Um, I don't want to focus on Central, but I can tell you we've been tracking their overtime costs for over three years now, and they're averaging close to a million dollars in overtime. And they're not in the same situation as our police department. Our police department has a number of vacancies because it's so difficult to get people to go into the police work, particularly after they pass the qualified immunity, where they stripped away liability protections from our police officers. That was done in 2019 at the state level. Um, They can't claim that they don't have a full staff. They are almost fully staffed at all the time. So why so much in overtime? Um, that comes at a high cost to the taxpayers of the double tax district. And, and, you know, I shared this information with the old council over half a year ago. Um, I've met with the fire chief central twice and asked him to explain this issue. I, I met with the union chief as well. He accompanied the fire chief on the first meeting. Nothing's changing. Every month I get the reports. Three to four percent increase in overtime costs every single month. Um, you know, I think the actual count for the three years, because now into the fourth year, was nine hundred and eighty-three thousand dollars in overtime costs uh, for a year, and that's excessive, and it shouldn't be like that. Um, so, I mean, the volunteers provide a substantial benefit to our community. They actually act like community centers in their own neighborhoods. They're not just there to fight fires. They are part of the community itself. They're embedded in the community. The community looks to them um, as a site where they hold many local community events. They open up the firehouse to kids. Education takes place. Um, The fire chief at Taffel gives tourists of the Panema Mills and the, the walking tours that take place during Walk October in the city of Norwich. They are so much a part of our community, and yet, if you look at the national level of paid fire service, it's in their uh, tenants or their bylaws to get rid of volunteer fire companies nationwide. It just isn't cost-effective. It, it doesn't make any sense, you know. There was a time, a pitch to extend the fire tax citywide back in 14 and 15, that didn't get anywhere, but when you see people pushing those kinds of issues, seeing encroachment on service areas, the red, the alarm goes off. Like, what's happening here? You know, people in the TCD are very satisfied with their volunteer fire service. And, and I'll talk about an overall issue. Because of the building codes, because of fire suppression requirements in building codes, buildings today are built far better Sprinklers are required in multi-level residential facilities, in in manufacturing plants. You don't see the kind of loss through fires that you once did. The inspection, the fire marshal's office is so... Fire superiority of addressing things before they happen is so much better. 
Um, we want them all to work together. We want them all to get along. I believe the rank and file in, in all the six firehouses want that. But it doesn't take more than a couple people to stir the pot and cause issues. Um, I always will contend we're blessed to have both paid and volunteer. All six. We are rich in fire services in this city. I can tell you the small towns around us are envious of what we have in this community. And we should never lose sight of that that treasure that we have here to have paid and volunteer. I'm going to get to another call, but people say to me, because to get, we all get confused about, isn't the bottom line, no matter who's uh, addressing it, to save people's lives and, and save property, uh, no yep. matter who gets there first, what's the difference? That is, the, that is absolutely. That's what people say to me. Well, yep, that's true. Safety, that's all we care about. Yep, and, and we are blessed to have all of them. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the program. Hi. Hello. Hello there. So, uh, Mayor, you think you have issues. I'm thinking as a taxpayer and a resident of Norwich uh, for decades. Um, is My question is, is there any relief in sight in the future for the taxpayers of Norwich that are struggling to stay in their homes? Thank you. That's a great question. Um while I've been mayor, I, I've demanded that we look and check how much we spend every year. I can tell you when that four-year blip where the Republicans had the majority on the city council, uh, the first two years, we cut over $6 million in spending. Now, that spending was a request that came through the agencies and, and the budget process, new spending. If someone tells you they're going to cut your taxes by cutting 25% of the budget from last year. One, that's not achievable, can never happen. What you have to do is minimize the growth in new spending in your community. Now, there are forces that work against that premise. For example, we are building new schools. That was the right thing to do because the state will reimburse us up to 80% in this case of the first two schools we're going to build in Greenville and over in West Side where Stanton School is. So basically 80 cents on the dollar, the state's going to cover the cost. But the city has to put the money up front. We have to bonds the project entirely, demonstrate the work is being accomplished, and then the state reimburses you as you build these schools. So there's relief to that. If we had just renovated the seven old elementary schools, the state wouldn't reimburse us on any of it. And that would have cost us the estimate two years ago was $225 million. I'm sure that estimate would have gone up now. But because we can get up at least 67%, now 80% on building new schools, we're going to save money, cost less money locally. That will provide relief to the taxpayers. I believe decades to come with new schools here, We'll have more families moving in here, more families who are employed, have more disposable income. We are the second highest distressed municipality in the state of Connecticut. We have all the demographics that Bridgeport, Hartford, New Haven have. Our median income average for a family of four is nothing compared to a town almost next door to us, like the town of Legend. Their median income is $98,000 for a family of four. We're half of that here in the city of Norwich, the median. Now, yeah, there are people who are more affluent. There are people who are a lot less affluent than that median that I just cited. So tax relief is very, very important. And I I think you're going to see more and more 
concern for that, I hope, with this new council, because these new schools coming online, I can tell the taxpayers, I just got my new assessment yesterday. The assessment on my house went up $77,000. I'm told by the assessor that the average increase is 60% increase on assessed value. Now, at the same time, as our homes are worth more, the grand list is growing. So the mill rate will come down. There's a, there's a formula for calculating the cost of taxation. Your mill rate, how much you spend, and all that other kind of stuff. Those are two main factors. So it's, it's incumbent on this council to be aware that simply lowering the mill rate is not enough. You have to actually know what the tax value is to the homeowner. You may have lowered the mill on their home, but the tax is going up. If we don't watch how much we spend, we've already committed, because the voters approved the new schools, to spending that money on that principal and interest for the new schools. We're going to be carrying that debt for about another 30 years going forward. And that's going to peak. And I'm not here to scare people, but I'm scared on our ability to pay for everything that we are committed to doing locally. And when you add in what the state's trying to do with electric cars, and this is a very hot issue right now. We had an executive session about it last night. We had a mayor mayors and selectmen meeting this morning with the Chamber of Commerce because they want to adopt a deadline of 2035 so that everyone has to have an electric car. First of all, electric car costs more than someone's annual income in this city, and that happens across the town. In any neighborhood you go, there are people in that boat. That's true of anywhere in the state of Connecticut. The timeline is ludicrous. NPU has calculated hundreds of millions of dollars of cost to upgrade our electric grid. Right now, we only have 140 electric cars registered in the city of Norwich. In order to pay for the upgrades of the electric grid just in the city of Norwich, we would have to pass revenue bonds. So there has to be a rate structure in place where the customers are paying back the cost of that borrowing. They don't exist in this city. 140 cars, even if every car in the city, which I'm told is around 21,000, had an electric car, it wouldn't create enough revenue to pay off the debt to renovate the system to carry the new demand loads. And that's true across the state. But our governor and leaders in the legislature are pushing this 2035 date because we have to be like California. California is $31 trillion in debt as a state. Why would you want that as the sample to follow? These are pressures on spending. This council has better get educated really, really quick as to what to do and what not to do. Or our call is concerned about the cost of living will go unmet. Well, I know that they've uh, moved it up to 2035, and maybe they'll just... uh Get some more sensibility before that. Uh, The grid will collapse. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with everything you say because I've been following it as well. Welcome. Thanks for holding. What's your question for Mayor Pete? Hi, Pete. Larry Rice. Hi, Larry. How are you? Merry Christmas, sir. Merry Christmas to you and your family. You do a great job for the city of knowledge. A few comments and then a question. Um, Doesn't look good in the paper what the the bottom line is. Doesn't look good with the volunteer fire departments uh, suing the uh, city of Norwich, uh, and mainly uh, the pay fire department. That that doesn't look good at all in the uh, uh, paper with that stuff. And let me. I'll leave that that at that. Okay, but let me correct something, Larry. Larry, 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 Larry. Larry, Larry. So maybe you can. Larry, Larry. 
Larry, uh, yep. a lawsuit has not been filed. A letter was sent to our attorney oh, at the city. The yeah. letter outlines the possibility of a lawsuit. A suit right. has not been filed at this time. Right, just their intentions. Well, they're declaring they have concerns and issues not being addressed. They chose to go through an attorney yeah. to convey their message. The bottom line, though, it doesn't look good in the paper with, with both sides fighting again with each other. No, I understand. On an ongoing situation. So, I get anyways, it. forget that. Last night you had the four to three decisions. I hope you touch on those uh, four to three decisions to the uh, to the uh, people who are listening before you leave today. And uh, okay. I also discussed it with two things. Number one, with the five-year reval, um, that these people did not come into the houses this year. They just did a drive-by. Statistical, uh, yes. Where they can pull the permits for people who did work inside their house. Well, you know as well as I do, many people don't get permits. They do the work without the permits. So they're getting away with murder for not having a... Uh, uh, these people come in the house to look at. And that guy, I'd like to know who that guy was last night that did that presentation who thinks he's going to get $30 million from the city of Norwich to plant grass and other things at all these uh, parks in Norwich when we couldn't even get a police station built. And with that, I'll hang up. Thank, right, you, thank you. We're going to uh, have uh, Mayor Peter Nystrom address that after the break, and uh, we'll try to get to as many calls as we possibly can. So stay with us. WICH with Stu, 889-5252 is our telephone number. Okay, I do have a lot of people on the switchboard, so I'm going to take this call, and then we're going to talk about last night's meeting. WICH, hi, good morning. Good morning, ma'am. Good morning. Uh, I think the city of Norwich right now, town of Norwich, they have the best fire coverage they could ever have with the automatic mutual aid system. Not only does the uh, paid, paid service go into the town on confirmed structure fires and other calls, uh, the, the town goes out to the city when we have confirmed structure fires on buildings in Norwich, uh, which is much needed because a lot of the buildings are taller, so we could use the ladders and all that stuff and more manpower, and there's more, more equipment. Um, on the uh, subject of overtime, uh, I think if you would staff the Norwich Fire Department, fully staff, and what happens is, and you know because you used to work at UPS, you have a lot of, if you have a lot of senior men on the department, they have more benefits than the junior men. So they have vacation time they have to take, and that creates overtime. Uh, and you have injuries. Men get injured in the, on, on, the, on the job in the fire, fire service. Uh, so you have problems with that. Um, but I'll tell you right now, um, it sure it looks like sour grapes on, on the volunteer fireman's part. And I think you're going a little one-sided and uh, backing them up, and you're not backing up the paid department. All right, sir. Thanks I'm for the call. Your response. Uh, Peter, respond. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll try to be brief. Uh, first of all, they are fully staffed. And part of the issue is the contract has a minimum manning requirement of a minimum of 13 on staff, and that actually drives a built-in overtime uh, value to the salaries earned. Case in point, they always do a study of the city of Norwich, the top 10 salaried individuals who work for the city of Norwich. Someone explained to me why six of the paid firemen were in the top 10 salary 
that they were earning 100% increase over their actual salary that they're scheduled to earn. There's a big problem in overtime in that department. They are not understaffed at all. I think the taxpayers of the CCD are the ones taking the hit, and it's in their pocketbook. Yes, I understand there are issues like vacations. Yes, I understand people get hurt. Yes, people get sick. I understand that. We've all had to deal with this COVID issue. That certainly contributed in the beginning, going back to 2020, to this analysis over three years. But the fact of the matter is they're spending too much money. The taxpayers of the double tax district need to have better management in that department on the overtime issue. That's all I've stated. And if you as a caller object to that, you're not representing your neighbors well at all. As far as taking sides, all I'm pointing out is we're blessed to have all six of these fire departments. The problem is there is a concerted effort nationally to get rid of all volunteer fire departments. And Local 892 is part of that effort. And that's my belief. No one's going to change my mind. We are blessed to have all six. We should focus on that, focus on enhanced mutual aid within the city, and stop worrying about the other issues because they just keep taking the money and running with it. And, and I'll give you one more issue. The volunteer fire members are taxpayers in the city of Norwich. The paid department, they are not. They have 56 positions in that department, and I think only seven of them live in the city of Norwich. Where's the loyalty of the paid members of the fire department downtown to be a taxpayer in the city of Norwich to help sustain the tax base of the people that pay their salaries? They didn't either move into the city when they got hired or they chose to leave. Where's the loyalty to all taxpayers in the city? I represent every taxpayer, every one of them. The volunteers pay taxes in this city. Hi, thanks for holding. What's your question for Mayor Pete? Yes, I agree with Mayor Pete. Everything he just said about the fire department, I think he's right on. However, I do have another question about the blight in Norwich, um, especially 15 Jewett City Road. Um, I've mm. called the blight department. I've called the mayor. Nothing seems to be moving. I know they said he's getting fined every day, but every day he keeps adding more and more and more. There's a tractor-trailer truck up there now. Um, I think it's a hazard, and it looks like a junkyard. We're supposed to be the Rose of New England? I don't think so. It looks terrible. Coming in and going out of Norwich, I'm going up Route 12 to go to Coles, and I have to look at that. It's disgusting, and I think something should be done. Finding this man is not doing anything. He's probably living upstairs because I noticed they're working on it. So he's not paying taxes. He's not paying his fines. He's living there for free. He's got buses. He's got cars with no license plates place on them. Now, if that was you or I, if you're trying to do something nice to your property, you get slapped with all these permits and fines and the knowledge is backwards. I mean, they don't go after the people they should be going after. And I think something in the blight department needs to be done. Thanks, for, thanks for bringing that up. We do have a blight inspector, but um, are I, your hands I, tied with this? Or? No, I'd like to respond to that. Thank you for calling in. You and I spoke at the end of last week. The very next morning, I met with the zoning officer and the city's engineer. We spoke directly about that particular subject. We have since contacted the state of Connecticut because that road is Route 12. That's a state highway. Those 
belongings, and I'm being polite by calling them that, she described them exactly what they are, are in the states right away along that highway, and we're going after him, and we're actually bringing the state in to go after him at the same time. This is the same person who sullied the property of the Hale Mill, which is being turned into a hotel up in Yannick by Yannick Firehouse, and he buried it with all kinds of debris, broken equipment, and everything else. We finally forced him off that site. He then chose to move down there to the old site where there's a propane dealership. She's absolutely right. It's more than an eyesore. It's a traffic and management hazard, and uh, we're going after him with everything we can bring to bear, including the state of Connecticut at this time. So fines obviously don't bother him. No, this gentleman is unique. Again, I want to be polite. Mm -hmm, Um, I know. He ignores things. He doesn't live in the world of reality at times. Um, But he's abused that piece of land like he abused the piece of land. Um, Up in Yannick, I'm told some of the equipment he finally got off that site in Yannick has now somehow got someone's permission to put it along the Yannick River up in Franklin on their properties. Why anybody would allow or permit that, I do not know. Uh, We are going to see that he's prosecuted, and I'll leave it at that. All right, let's uh, go over here. Stu Breyer with you, Mayor Peter Nystrom. Hi, good morning. Hi, how you doing? Good. Uh, Mr. Nystrom, I'd like to ask you, who made the rules that the firemen didn't have to live in uh, the city anymore? Uh, all, all the city employees didn't have to live in the city anymore uh, back some time ago when you still, I believe, uh, on the council. I'm not sure of that. No, I was in the State House of Representatives serving with my good friend Jack Malone. That was a law passed by the General Assembly back in the 90s. And that was under threat of being sued by the ACLU. Um, So the state acquiesced and the state abolished residency requirements. The call is 100% correct. It wasn't just a rule. It was in the charter of the city of Norwich that you had to be a resident of the city of Norwich to live or to work here in the city. And as a result of that action by the state, many of our residents who worked here decided to move out over the years. You're going back at least three decades when that occurred. Uh, I fought that on the floor of the House. Jack Malone fought that on the floor of the House. because We knew what would happen. People would leave our community, still want to work here, but not, again, have any loyalty to the taxpayers of the city of Norwich. So they want the benefits of working for a city. city has a pension plan. You're seeing pension plans disappear all over the place. The voters, the good voters of this city, passed the right to borrow money. Our pension program is 100% funded, according to the actuarials. There's only two cities that can say that in the entire state of Connecticut. So we stand by our employees. It's a real benefit to work for a municipality like Norwich or West Hartford. They're the other city that has a fully funded pension plan. Nobody else can say that. So we stand by employees. I wish our employees that work here would stand by the taxpayers and live in this city. Because of the law that was passed by the General Assembly, we can't require that anymore. But when they did that, they hurt our tax base, and they hurt, actually did a a number on our city charter. Thanks for bringing that up, sir. Well, I'd like to continue the fact that, you know, if people apply for a job from out of town, and they already own a home, uh, and again, they're happy with the home or the community they live in. 
uh, like I say, uh, the ones that moved out, well, that, that choice is uh, also an American choice of where you want to live and where you can live. So I wouldn't want to punish uh, the city employees because they're not paying the taxes. Uh, someone else is paying the taxes, and we know that. I mean, everybody's going to own the property. There ain't a lot of room to build a lot of new houses where it's going to really make a big, big difference. So the house that the person lived in in Norwich and sold and went to uh, uh, Jewett City, uh, it's still being owned by someone. And like I say, uh, uh, that's just the point. That, All right, sir. Uh, Thanks. Thanks for making uh, the point. I appreciate well, I guess, it. I guess I wasn't done, but go ahead. Bye. Well, I, I got to let other people in, but thank you, sir. We'll follow up on that. I, I would only say that what the city has lost is the value of the disposable income of the salary that the taxpayers provided that employee. It's now being spent in other communities instead of being spent here. And consider how much stronger our grand list and tax base would be if our employees had a sense of loyalty, lived here as well. Uh, we'd be that much stronger as a community. All right. We want to, you know, the reason I'm moving along, because there's so many people calling in here, Mayor Peter Nystrom. Let's take this call before the break. What's your question for Pete? Uh, Good morning, Sue. Good morning, Mayor. Thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you. Uh, I like to use this opportunity to thank our volunteer fire department uh, and paid department, and not excluding American Ambulance, uh, for the service that they're doing, because they saved my life. And I'm in great appreciation to the men and women in the volunteer fire department around this town uh, for answering the call and not even getting paid. Uh, I think they're doing a wonderful job. I hope they stay around. And I'm just one satisfied customer. I'm happy to be a resident of Norwich uh, because of that. And that's one of the big reasons that I came to Norwich, because of all the volunteer fire departments that we have in such a small area. So I'm very grateful, and I'd like to say thank you to the to the departments that, that's around, and I, I hope they stay around, and I'm really appreciative of the work that these men and women do every day to save our city. Thank you, my friend, and it's great hearing from you. Thank you very much. Talk to you. All right, uh, let me take a short break. We have weird noises going. <laughs> uh, that happens occasionally. First I thought it was me, but it just happens. We'll be right back with uh, Mayor Peter Nystrom and your calls. Okay, Stu Breyer with you. Mayor Peter Nystrom and uh, Mayor, last night's uh, meeting, uh, Larry brought that up. You want to kind of uh, evaluate that a little bit? Um, last night uh, was a repeat of an effort that started two years ago. Um, and I, I can only say what I believe, but uh, there seems to be an effort to diminish the work, the value that this member of council brings to the city by denying her the right to serve on boards and commissions, even though she's elected and equal with anyone else on the council. Uh, all the woman Stacy Gould uh, last night uh, was removed from her service on the Norwich Community Development Corporation. They appointed two Democrats. It's always been a bipartisan appointment, uh, Republican and Democrat. They are bylaws at NCDC. The bylaws determine that the general manager of NPU and that the mayor, whoever that is, is a member of the committee. That's by bylaws. What the council has the ability to vote on is the right to appoint two members from the floor. There are six council members who basically serve on the floor with the mayor, total of seven votes, and they voted to put two Democrats on. It's never been happened before. When we were the majority, five Republicans, two 
Democrats in 2016, that two-year term, we appointed a Democrat. The mayor was a Democrat, so she served by virtue of the bylaws. And we appointed a Republican. It happened to be Stacey Gould. Stacey Gould is one of the hardest-working women here in the city of Norwich on behalf of every taxpayer. But it, this, this majority of one, these four Democrats, it doesn't matter what the names are, they seem hell-bent on taking away areas where she provides a great service to the city of Norwich. And I think it has to do with the fact that um, there's a mayor's race coming up in two years, and they're trying to diminish her role. And that's just what I believe, and they will never change my mind. They're just trying to take her out of positions where she does a great job for the city, in this case, in a business entity, NCDC is our development economic arm in the city of Norwich. They have now made it a partisan appointment instead of having one each from the floor the way it's supposed to be. That's not the only thing they did that night. On one hand, we reduced the number of Board of Ed members on the school ad hoc committee. That was a committee divided, designed in order to have council members and Board of Ed members work more together as you put a budget together for the city of Norwich. Keep in mind that two-thirds of the city's budget is education expenses. Good idea. Came about, we had discussions, the pro tem, Joe DeLucia, acknowledged this and agreed with it, that the Board of Ed shouldn't have a quorum. Six members of the nine-member board is a quorum. So anytime they were voting on issues with the ADOC committee, a quorum of the Board of Education was represented, but there were only three members of council represented. So last night, we changed that. We removed two members of the Board of Education, leaving them four, three members of council, so that not the council or the Board of Ed has a quorum. Because when you got a quorum, things start to change, including how you comply with FOI laws. So he said the reason to vote for that resolution happened to be Resolution 11. was we're going to reduce the quorum because no board should have a quorum. Two votes later, they decide to have a quorum of the council on the school building construction committee. The inconsistency is a slap in the face. If it's not good for the Board of Ed, why is it good for the council? You know, here's what happened. With the election, two citizens, and this is of no fault of their own, and they have every right to run for office. They did. They won. Uh, all the women, Sheila Hayes, all the Mark Betancourt, were already serving on the school construction committee. In fact, Mark's been the chair for a number of years. Joe's on it. Stacy's on it. With the election results that took place, and that's something to talk about if there's time, there are now four elected members of council, which is a quorum, which means every time the school construction committee now meets, it's an actual meeting of the city council. Well, the city council meets by charter two months, two times a year, a month, and you have to post agendas. You have to do so five days public notice. So now the school construction committee has to comply with that. I can tell you right now, they did not comply with that in the previous years at, that they've been meeting and acting on. When meetings were posted, sometimes the posts would have to be taken down, the date changed. It gets much stricter now in order to comply with the freedom of information requirements by the state of Connecticut that the council is required to follow. Now the school construction committee is going to have to follow it as well. And it's such an inconsistency in setting up a government to function. You don't want quorums on the ad hoc committee that deals with the city's budget, but you want quorums when it deals with school construction? The inconsistency is a blatant attempt, I think, to control agenda items on the school construction committee. And I'm going to talk about one of them. It's called the Project Labor Agreement. 
project labor agreement means that no one can work on the school construction unless it's approved by, in this case, it might be the Carpenters Union. I'll pick one out of the hat, out of the air. Uh, they're the ones that have been talking to push for a PLA. The PLA, according to a recent study that was done across the state of Connecticut, will increase the cost of building these schools 18 to 20 percent. Not 1 or 2 percent, 18 to 20 percent. What it also means is it affects minority hiring. If you have small businesses bidding on subcontracting for these schools, and there's going to be a lot of work here in the city of Norwich going forward, they can't bid on taking some of that workload unless they agree to pay union dues to the union that's in charge of that. So they're increasing the cost of the school projects. We are a poor community. I believe this new council, these four Democrats, are going to come forward asking that we adopt a PLA requirement. All they're doing is eliminating the entire savings that our Senator Austin worked so hard to get us by getting us a higher reimbursement rate on the first two schools. The other projects have to go back to the General Assembly and go through it again. It's not guaranteed on the other four projects that are in design concept. The first two schools were getting an 80% reimbursement rate. Without that legislation, we'd get a 67.7% reimbursement rate. That's millions of dollars we're saving to build these first two schools. A PLA will wipe out those savings and actually increase the cost to the taxpayer and to the state of Connecticut. I really wonder what the school construction staff think about PLAs when they are looking towards an increase in cost because they're going to be asked to pay 80% of that reimbursement. That's unconscionable. A taxpayer called in earlier talking about the cost of living and how hard it is. If that happens, if a PLA is adopted, costs are going to go through the roof to build these schools. And maybe we'll have to cut back. Maybe we won't do all the schools that were proposed in the bond. We still have that right to change the amount of money we're assigning to these construction projects. But we cannot do anything to wipe out the efforts of our senator and our legislators in the House who got us that 80% reimbursement. Right now, this PLA will do that. They're going to have four members of council voting on decisions at the advisory level. It still comes back to the council. But in effect, it's a vote of the majority of the council every time that happens already. They're disenchancing or disenfranchising the three remaining members of council, which includes myself, from even having a say on the matter. They will have already decided it at the highest cost and expense to the taxpayers of this city. Okay, I'm going to do my best with uh, 10 minutes left playing beat the clock, so let's see what... The... Hi, you have a question for Mayor Pete? Hi, you have a question for Mayor Pete. Hello. Hello. What I wanted to ask, over the weekend they showed the overtime being paid at Norwich Check, which I know is a state school. I wanted to make sure that in Norwich we don't have that same type of overtime being paid. And I'll hang up and listen. All right, thank you. I, I'm sorry, I can't speak to that because the schools mm -hmm. have their own autonomy. I don't know if, if there was... Um, whatever's in the contract for our teachers within the school system is they have a step system. I see that, and I may be wrong, 12 or 13 or 14 steps to reach highest level. Um, I don't believe it's any way near those costs um, with the state. Okay. Uh I can get another call in if you like, 89-5252. Yeah, we'll do our best with a few more things before 11 o'clock on WICH. 
We're planning on having your mayor of Norwich, Peter Nystrom, uh, once a month on our program because there are so many things to talk about. We have a few more minutes if you want to uh, get a call in. Uh, Peter, you um, alluded to something about uh, elections. Did I miss something there, something on last night's meeting? or uh, I think by design, the four Democrats are trying to diminish the role that all the women, Stacey Gould, uh, provides this city of Norwich, and maybe they'll start doing it to Bill Nash, too, for all I know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a concerted effort to diminish her uh, role where she has served this city greatly, uh, works very, very hard. I mean, one of the two people that was appointed to NCDC that I spoke of is Alderman G Singh, and I can tell you right now, he doesn't even show up for the meetings. He's been AWOL a number of times in the last calendar year. I know this for a fact because I go to all the meetings. He doesn't even call in. Once in a while, a call in driving the car, but he's not doing the work, and yet he insists that I'm being reappointed to a committee he doesn't participate in. Okay, I'm going to try to get these uh, calls in if I can. Hi, your question for Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete, no matter who gets in power, Republicans or Democrats, the taxes in the city of Norwich are going up. True or false? I believe that's true, sir. The question is how much of an increase and who's going to work hardest to diminish that increase. We've already shown we could do that when we had a majority, five to two. We cut over $6 million in new spending requests in the years 16 and 17, and that's a matter of fact. You can read it right in the adopted budgets. Thank you, sir. Hi, welcome to the program. Hi. Question for Mayor Pete. Okay, you can't answer that one. So, uh, Mayor Pete, I, I see today that um, we're Norwich Park's plan is uh, they're working on something over 10 years. It was kind of new to me in the, the paper today. Uh, the presentation was very nice. Whoops. Everything uh, proposed uh, would be wonderful. I can tell you right now there's no money. That's the $31 million budget, mm-hmm. and we have to pay for schools. We need a police station in this community. We haven't walked away from that responsibility. Uh, we're looking at properties right now, one in the downtown. Uh, I can't speak to the address at this moment. We're investigating it. I can tell you that the architect that the city works with has been through the building. He's coming back with numbers, and that's what we're trying to do, gain more information, get it out to the taxpayers early enough. And uh, I think it was very clear, loud and clear they want a police station downtown. They don't want it up on the hill on my hand drive. Uh, they don't want mm-hmm. it out in areas where there aren't high service needs. Downtown, the Greenville areas, that's where we need a police station in that vicinity. Let's not forget Taffel as well. Um, so we're not going to wait uh, years again for another vote, uh, obviously. It's, uh, I, I don't think we can. It's actually hurting our recruiting. Yeah. Um, it, it, it speaks to some of the issues. The police station we have right now is way too small. We're blessed the fact that we have more women entering the profession. We, I think, have 10 or 11 women on our police staff today. We encourage more of that to take place. They don't even have their own separ- enough locker rooms for them. And, and, you know, there's some things that have to happen. I want to get one more quick call in. Hi, what's your question from Pete? The mayor is right on today. I thank him for all that he's doing. He's doing a great job. I do have a question. What's going on with the builder situation? Uh, my understanding is the three individuals who were convicted on the one count, they're still going through the appeal process, which they have the right to do. 
it drags everything out uh, greatly. Uh, and I know that's to the dissatisfaction of people feel harmed by their choices. Um, they will probably exhaust their appeals before there's ever a hint of anyone uh, spending time in, in confinement. If, if there is such a thing that takes place, um, they also have fines to pay. Um, there's a lot of questions undecided there, um, but um, they were convicted. Uh, but they are not; with, they are within their rights to seek the appeal process, and no one has the right to take that away from them. I know that's not a satisfactory answer, and I apologize, but that's where it sits. So, Pete, you've been in politics a long time. It uh, and it amazes me that um, Stu, are you calling me old? No, you're not. You you started very young, believe me. Just yes. like I started when I was nine. Stu, this is my 36th year holding 36 public years. office. This yep. is my 11th year as mayor of the city of Norwich, 18 years as a state house of representative member, a number of years in different cycles and decades. God, now I sound old uh, as a council member. So you see through the years Republicans and Democrats disagreeing. Uh, is there ever a period where people say, you know, this is... Uh, what I feel is right for the town and everybody goes along, or is it mostly that tug-of-war? Uh, today, today it seems to be a tug-of-war. People reach for that sooner rather than later. I wish they'd reach for it later. The discussions I talked about at last night's meeting weren't necessary uh, because the advisory committee of the fact of the uh, school construction committee is advisory. The final decision on how schools will be built and who builds them will be done by the council anyway. They've just added a, a, a redundancy and created a mess for our chairman, Mr. Betancourt, who's an alderman now. I mean, last night he asked us to amend the appointment of those four people to the school construction committee so that he didn't count as a councilman. He wanted to be considered as a private citizen still so that his appointment to the committee could continue if he doesn't run in two more years. I mean, how self-serving was that? What's the point of that? Everyone recognized his value. He was my opponent two years ago when, quite frankly, I kicked his butt in the mayor's race. I didn't ask him to go away. I called him up the next day and asked him to stay and continue to chair the school committee. So his point was meaningless. It's self-serving, and, and it makes us look like fools as a community when we have redundancy built in like that. It's, it could, in fact, lead to higher costs. The ones I pointed out, this PLA issue is a very dangerous thing, and they're going to be bringing this forward. He's already scheduled someone to come in and talk to the advisory committee why they should have a PLA. I bet he's not asking anyone on the other side of the coin to divulge the increased cost. Well, Pete, it's a pleasure to have you on the program, and I hope that um, we're looking forward to you joining us every month.